0: Before a world of heroes and villains one power ruled it all Black Adam He's been asleep for 5,000 years
1: Black Adam We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender I'm not peaceful Or do I surrender. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. Black like Adam. Дедова!
0: Have we started the fire? Yes, the fire rises. (laughs) Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things The Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and I am joined... Once again, and as always, by my co-host, Mr.
1: Joseph Fornarado. Joe, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Eric. Good morning to you. Um, it's funny, we were before we were recording, I was worried about my son making too much noise, and you were quiet the whole time. The minute you started doing your intro, your bird was like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's <laughs> lost his mind over
0: there. <laughs> so what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, We've had a, a, a shorter gap in between episodes this time, but it's for a good reason, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about today's topic, uh, and I'm pretty sure you are too. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we are here because, of course, we have a brand new DC Extended Universe film, and that is Black Adam. So we are here to talk all about the movie we are going to give you guys a spoiler free section so don't don't stress if you haven't seen the movie yet i know it's just it's yeah the movie just came out so um i know a lot of people are are you know watch these films at different paces so don't worry we're going to give you a section at the beginning without spoilers before we dive straight into talking everything about this film um but joe you saw
1: it? What I think you saw this film Thursday night. I saw it Thursday afternoon at three o'clock. It was the first showing they had. It was easier for me to like uh, to leave work a little early and go to the afternoon <laughs> showing, and then this way I could you know get home with the kids and stuff for dinner. And it was it was cool to. See. I love these afternoon showings, man. It's so much. It's so different, but it it's really nice to just you barely like get into your day and you're already watching a brand new movie. <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, um, it is fun. We saw it Saturday um, and we saw it a matinee showing one o'clock in, in Cinemark XD, which this is kind of the the plug for Cinemark XD for this show, because I'm just <laughs> going to say I love like Dolby, but I've I've kind of fallen out of love with AMC theaters for multiple reasons. So uh, we started going to Cinemark. Hmm. almost a year ago now and Mm -hmm. I have just loved Cinemark ever since and XD is it's very comparable to Dolby I mean Dolby is my preferred over IMAX but I XD is right there with it I mean I really really enjoy that that platform great sound huge screen good stuff um but yeah we saw we saw Black Adam Saturday and man I had a lot of fun with this movie just to kind of Set expectations from the start. If you guys are expecting us to bash this movie, uh, check your expectations because I don't think either one of us are. I certainly have my nitpicks and we're going to get into that. But um, yeah, let's start kind of spoiler free, just general overall thoughts. Joe, give me your your general thoughts of Black Adam.
1: Well, it's funny because coming in, you know, you see the, you know, it's, it's hard to have one of these without talking about the the critic reviews and all that. And man, some of them were just really, I mean, it's kind of the way things have gone with all movies lately. So, you know, the hyperbolic reactions one way or the other. Um, for this one, it was mostly hyperbolic negative. One idiot reviewer, and yes, I'm going to call him an idiot, said it was possibly one of the worst movies ever made. Not superhero movies ever made because that wouldn't have been hyperbolic enough. Um, this is one of the worst movies yeah. ever made. From a from an actual reviewer, um, so yeah i i was I was excited for this movie, just like I am for every DCE movie, but not. It, it comes in a weird time because we've had so many scheduling changes and everything, and I was still excited, but it wasn't like I was like anticipating it to the point of I could not wait to see it. But I also you see the reviews and I'm kind of just like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I want to see it for myself and I'm just expecting to go in and just have fun with it. I see a lot of people now where they, they go to see a movie and they're like, Oh, I hope it's good. I really never have that mentality. I'm, I'm always expecting to enjoy myself because I like superhero movies. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at. And this was just a fun two hour superhero movie. I think the, the biggest compliment I can give this movie is in the action. I think the action is phenomenal. It just feels like a geek out for two hours of superhero action. And I think we can get into the specifics and the characters and everything like that once we get into spoilers. But I I really love the action in this. I think Black Adam himself was really true to character. I think if anyone was worried that they were going to make him too much of a hero the rock pretty much said from day one that he he didn't want to do that he wanted to keep him as this violent um really uh what was the word rock kept using the rock kept using i can't remember exactly what he kept saying but he he wanted to toe that line he really didn't want to become this goody goody superhero and, and i think they did a really good job of being accurate to the character from the comics as i know him anyway and just a brutal uh, i think the word they kept using was brutal i think and and I think they they carried out carried that out in the movie,
0: well yeah, I mean, from the first time that you see the rock or excuse me black Adam in the movie, i mean it's it's like and it's not far into the film where he appears. But the moment he appears from there until the end of the movie, I mean, this thing is like a roller coaster ride. It's it's not one of those films that gives you a lot of time to breathe or to recover from one scene from one action piece to the next. It is a thrill ride through and through. And that's and that's one thing I think I really enjoyed because it doesn't feel like the it's this is a two hour runtime and it doesn't feel like two hours. I mean, it it zips by pretty quickly, I think. there's that, th- I think there's always that worry when you have a superstar to the level of The Rock, uh, where you just see The Rock in the movie. And that is a concern that I had. Don't get me wrong. I'm so glad that DC got Dwayne Johnson because I, I mean, this is a little bit of my bias here. I'd much rather our side have him than the other side, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I like I like Marvel and DC, so I just definitely have a DC bias, but I'm glad that we have a performer like Dwayne Johnson on the DC side of the fence. And I don't know, like for the first little while in the movie, you definitely have that feeling of, okay, this is The Rock. But at a certain point through his conversations with the JSA and things like that, it's just like, okay, th- no, this is Black Adam. I mean, just because the two personalities couldn't be any more different. Because like, does that make any sense? Because The Rock is very jovial and and very, you know, people friendly. And this character that he plays here, Black Adam, is not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it just is more of a familiarity with The Rock because – it's a recognizable face and he looks like he does. Like they didn't change up his, his look at all. I mean, you, I hate to make the comparison because I think the, the caliber of actor, and this is not to slight the rock, but to make the comparison to like a Ben Affleck, like you were worried when you went to see BVS that you would only see Ben Affleck. Um mm-hmm. You still see Ben Affleck. Like you recognize him. He's a, he's a recognizable guy the same way here, like with the rock, but the, charisma that we see from the rock in everyday life it's not that same type of on-screen presence in black adam he's he's a completely different personification in this movie and yeah he's not jokey he's not smiling he's not he's playing black adam very well in this i i really liked his interpretation of the character and yeah i yeah you still see the rock throughout the movie but i'm glad that they didn't add I don't know if charisma is the right word, but like, I feel like they didn't really add the rocks charisma to the character. He's, he's pretty like he's stoic. Yeah. Like almost like stone faced throughout the movie. Like he's just, but I, not in a bad way. Like I really, and the couple of like, <laughs> the couple of humorous bits that maybe he had are not the over the top jokey humor that would be out of character for him. And I, I appreciated that aspect of it also. So yeah I well, I had no problem with The Rock's performance at all. I thought it fit the character perfectly. And I, I can't say I forgot that it was The Rock while watching the movie, but it still was fine.
0: Yeah, well, I would say that you see, and there, this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailers. I mean, you know, there's flashbacks in the movie. Mm-hmm. And there, th- in the flashbacks, I think you see a little more of the rocks' more natural
1: personality. It's hard. To, you, I, I don't. I don't want to go too much into the flashbacks because of possible spoilers. Right. Yeah. No.
0: No. No. I'm just saying in general, you see more of what I would consider him being his natural self than you do when he's actually being Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, go, so going into some of the other characters, I mean, I, I think they really. I think they really killed it with Doctor Fate. I thought he was one of the standouts of the film. Um, I thought Pierce Brosnan did a fantastic job as Doctor Fate, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's like you said, it's really hard to go into it without getting into spoilers. But he's one of the huge linchpins of the movie, I would say, and just the way that they portrayed him. Of course, you know, there's the inevitable comparisons to Dr. Strange, but I just, I, I don't know. I really, really appreciated the way he was portrayed here. So Dr. Fate, what did you think of Dr. Fate, Jeff?
1: Well, yeah, I think coming into the movie, I think all of us pretty much expected to really love the JSA characters, especially Dr. Fate. But I think they were handled really well. I think, yeah, the Dr. Strange comparisons were inevitable, but I mm-hmm. personally did not feel that there was anything that, that was too comparable. I thought he was a pretty independent character. Um, or he has a regal sense character. to him. Yeah. It's not the same type of character. It, it's why? Because they do, you know, spells with their hands and uh, have the animations on the screen. I get the comparisons, but they're, I mean, you can do that with any characters from the DC universe to the MCU, Uh, you know, especially in the comics world. I mean, they're always taken from one or the other. And why is it now all of a sudden Dr. Fate is too much like Dr. Strange, but, um, you know, like there's so many other characters you could do that with. Yeah, for sure. I I just I think they I think the JSA was handled really well in this. I can't wait to get into spoilers and discuss them more. But I think we were all kind of wondering how they were going to fit into the story and what their role was going to be. And I liked that we didn't know a lot about it coming into the into the movie. I think that's one thing we can kind of touch on before spoilers is that I think they did a good job of leaving a lot out of the marketing. I think a lot was still left for surprise, as far as especially the third act. I think most of that was pretty kept under wraps. Yeah, um, I, I'd agree with I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, nothing mind blowing, but I still think it was there was enough there that you weren't just waiting for certain things to happen because you saw it in the trailers.
0: Right, I think a lot of the trailers showed. I think the bulk of the trailers showed the the, the first confrontation, mm-hmm. like you saw, the, like the the emergence of Black Adam, and then you saw the first confrontation between him and the JSA, and that's pretty much what the trailers were.
1: Yeah, and we were um, not short on confrontation in this movie. There was a lot of different actions. <laughs> no, there was pieces. plenty. Like that, I I I touched on the action earlier, and I can't wait to to more, get more into it. But I mean, we had like usually you get maybe one action piece in the beginning, one in the, in the second act and then one in the third and different variations. There was a lot of different action and a a different action set pieces and a lot of different characters interacting with one another at different times. And it was never, to me, that aspect of it didn't feel pain by the numbers. No. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Um, I will say just just a general broad nitpick of the movie. Um, you were talking about the JSA a few seconds ago. I think Hawkman and Doctor Fate were fantastic. Loved them in the movie. I liked Adam Smasher and Cyclone. I just, and I already told you this before we started recording. To just texting about the movie, I think they're very underdeveloped. Like I don't think they added a ton to this movie. If that makes sense, they look cool. Um I think Cyclone's powers are displayed beautifully. But I just don't know very much about them. It's like they're they're just kind of tacked on to the movie in my opinion. And I just I I don't know. They they
1: weren't they weren't critically essential in my opinion. No, I think you could essentially have the same movie without them, but I still, any chance you have to add more characters to one of these movies, I'll take it, especially in this movie. I think they were, they were there to kind of add to the younger, not necessarily the younger audience, which I think that does help, but I think just a younger superhero perspective, which I thought was really cool when you have that balance with Dr. Fate and Hawkman,
0: because
1: Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a spoiler to say they're the older two characters um right so i liked that and i don't need like i didn't need a whole bunch of reasons for them to be there other than hey we got two new superheroes to introduce let's do it and i'm okay with that i don't i'm not going to criticize anyone for for adding characters especially like those are two characters i really don't know much about at all so it was fun to see them and now i want to see more of them and i think that's what those these movies can do is get you interested And, and you can do the research now yourself and try to find out like, Oh, I want to, I want to see more of these characters.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I would also say like my other biggest nitpick. So, so this film is obviously, it's obviously higher on action and a little lesser on story. Um, I think everybody kind of expected that anyway, but um, yeah, this is not the Citizen Kane of superhero movies and, and I don't need every movie to be that. Um, this movie was exactly what I needed it to be. It's a it's a fun thrill ride, and it introduces us to some really cool characters and some characters that I'm looking forward to seeing in the future. Um, but we were t- I was just mentioning a nitpick about you know Cyclone and and Adam Smasher. I think the villain is also extremely underserved and also very unmemorable. And I, and I won't go into who the villain is or why, but I'm just. Yeah, just at the end of the day, it's not not one of those higher end DC villains, I would say.
1: Well, I think, yeah, and we'll get more into it. But I think the one thing we've all agreed on with DC is their villains are very, very strong in the DC universe. And Mm -hmm. this is one where they spent less time with the villain because you're setting up Black Adam, you're setting up. Dr. Fate, you're setting up uh, Hawkman. There's a lot of different characters here and unfortunately yes, the villain is underutilized probably, but I also don't think it's to the point of some other superhero movies that we've seen. Like It's pretty on par with a lot of very similar superhero movies and I'm okay with it in this movie because we still get these great action sets. We still get a lot of Um, a lot of other stuff that's going for the movie. And if one character in this film had to be underserved, I'm okay with it being the villain, especially since not for nothing, we're getting a black Adam movie and you're not using Shazam as the villain. So what other villain are you going to use where I'm going to care that much? And so, I mean, the villain wasn't even in the marketing either. Like, and I think that's smart. Like nobody needed to know who the villain was. Um, So we'll get into that. But I, 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 Yes, it is a negative if you want to get technical with it, because I do think it's a fair criticism, but it's not one that I particularly minded because I was more interested in the confrontation between Black Adam and the JSA. Yeah. Um. One last little thing to cover before we get over
0: the spoiler wall, because I, I know you had a huge nitpick. So <laughs> I wanted to uh, get your nitpick with the with the music, because I think that's the one thing that stuck out for you.
1: I will say I need to get into spoilers because there's one particular scene that the music really bothered me because of the editing of the music, but I'm just not that big of a fan of quote unquote needle drops in movies. Right. Unless they're done for specific reasons or like, I I like the needle drops in like a guardians of the galaxy or the suicide squad. James Gunn is really good at that. Um, Or if, if it like is done at certain spots where it, if there's a reason for it or or it's done subtly I don't know I'm just I'm quirky with my music in these films but I uh it's again it's not and maybe it'll work better on a second viewing but some of it like if it's done for humor there's one particular song that's used twice for humor and I think it was fine the first time but maybe the second time it bothered me a little bit but again I'm I'm a little nitpicky with that stuff so it's not it's not something that really ruined the movie for me obviously because I I really enjoyed the movie
0: so this is going to be one thing where you and I are very far apart on because I I really loved the music, especially the needle drops in this movie. So, we, we, But we'll definitely get over that, uh, talk yeah, and, about and that.
1: In all honesty, I wasn't that crazy about the score from what I remember either. So I think it was a weird balance between the two which maybe mm-hmm. I would have preferred more of just the score. And that might've worked better for me because I think they did. I felt like they were kind of jarring together, but again, I've this only is, seen the movie once and I, I, I really want to see it again and focus on that kind of stuff. Cause I, this is I one that re- I'm going to have to uh, specifically listen to the score
0: outside of the film uh-huh. because there's, there's this, I do think just on a first viewing and I haven't listened to the score and independently, like I have for some of the other DC movies, but just on a first viewing, the score doesn't land as, as, you know, as effectively as some of the other DCEU scores.
1: No. And I think like some of it's the not, pieces are great though. Like I, I think, I think there was something weird with the way they were like the, the certain tracks were edited into the film, maybe. So maybe. that's why I really want to watch it again and see if it just works better on a second viewing and, and I will say, isolated, I think I liked the tracks better. So, mm-hmm. like, I I think the JSA score is the one that I really enjoyed, and that's the one we were... They gave us the Black Adam score, or the Black Adam theme, and the JSA theme, correct? That was the two tracks that they released prior. Yeah, and the Black Adam one is the only one I've listened to. Yeah, I don't I think i listened to, to the, the JSA one either, but I think I really liked it during the film. And I, I mm-hmm. thought I heard some criticisms of the JSA theme uh, before the movie was released, but I didn't want to listen to too much prior to the movie. Now I can dive into it and, and take it for what it is, but I, I don't like usually, I usually don't like listening to that stuff prior to seeing the movie. Cause I want to hear it in the movie.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that's a good place, Joe, to really just to get over this spoiler wall and dive into this film. So that that's what we're going <laughs> to do. So I'm just, this, this is your warning right now. If you have not seen black Adam, go out and see it, go see it on the, on the biggest, the biggest, best screen with the best sound that you can find. Um, and and go enjoy it and then come back and check out this spoiler section of the episode. Because we're going to get all into it right now. Okay, so Joe, biggest thing, biggest takeaway, thing that stuck out that's, that's spoilery. What stuck out uh, about Black Adam for you?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is is Doctor Fate's death is probably the biggest spoiler you can have for this film, other than the post credit yeah. scene. Which is pretty much the or the mid credit scene was spoiled for pretty much everyone prior to the movie. <laughs> but, worst worst kept secret ever. Yeah, but it, did you honestly expect Doctor Fate to live throughout this movie? Because I think once Pierce Brosnan was cast, I kind of expected him to die. Um, so. And it's Dr. Kind of, Fate and it's Kent Nelson. He's the first Dr. Fate. I I've kind watched, of so, so you
0: you're not a big YouTube guy.
1: No, I can't this stand everyone with these YouTube videos. <laughs> I, I am a bitter old man when it comes to YouTube stuff.
0: So there's this YouTube channel that does um, and I can't remember which one it is, but they do like these cool videos where they talk to an actor about their biggest roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give little little they they have little conversations about each of these big roles and mm-hmm. Pierce they had one a couple of weeks ago with Pierce Brosnan and of course that's such a fun video cuz he talks obviously about James Bond but he talks about his role in Mrs. Doubtfire and the Thomas Crown affair and just different things but he does have a section pretty large section where he talks about Dr. Fate and he kind of let the cat out of the bag Oh, did he really? Why did he say like it was one and done or something? I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but it was so like, it was vaguely obvious that this was going to be a one and done for him. Yeah. After I watched the video, I was like, damn, I wish I hadn't watched that. Now. Yeah. Well. <laughs> because yeah, I kind of had a strong feeling that he was going to die after watching that video. But then again, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of clear. I mean, you, Pierce Brosnan is not going to sign on. For, you know, a 10 year deal
1: for Mm -hmm. DC Comics. I
0: mean, he's just, he's at the, he's, I think he's at the age point where it's not really feasible for him to do at this point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I kind of expected it to, and honestly, how many times outside of this movie have we seen Kent Nelson die?
1: Yeah. And I'm not very familiar with Kent Nelson as Dr. Fate, but we know the story and we know that he's not the only Dr. Fate. The fact that they went with the original Doctor Fate, but the younger version of Adam Smasher. So, like, they, I felt like, honestly, I don't know about you, I don't remember the name of the next Doctor Fate in the comics, and but I actually expected the kid to like pick up the helmet at some point. Hmm. Um, Wait, I which don't one? remember the Adam the kid's name. No, no, no. Um, the kid oh, from Condom. the little. The little Ishmael? boy. Oh, Ishmael
0: was Is- it? I think.
1: I should have looked up all these names prior, and I'm sorry. Um, it was something like Ishmael.
0: I've got the uh, the the cast pulled up, and I'm not even. I'm not even seeing him. Ishmael. Yes.
1: Oh no, Ishmael's okay. the villain. Amon. Amon. Yeah. Yes, Ishmael's the villain. Okay, so you expected Amon to pick up the, the I helmet. did. I thought that would have actually worked for me. <laughs> and like, okay, so this is kind of a tangent, but a lot of people, like when they have like kids in these movies, get annoyed with the kid. And I think I fall into that category sometimes too. He did not bother me in this film. I thought he was a good um, way to bounce off of the stoic nature of Black Adam. I He didn't bother me in this. Well, and I, I loved his, I loved his bedroom. Yes, well, the bedroom was definitely an easy way to get some Easter eggs in there. And what did you think of, it had to have been intentional, the headless Superman. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I think it might have been worse if we didn't know what was coming in the mid-credits scene, but I still would have probably laughed at it because I think that is The Rock having fun with us. But I I like stuff like that. Well, Megan chuckled at that because we were just talking
0: about the headless Superman before we went to watch the movie.
1: And that I still—that's never bothered me in, in Shazam. I think it worked. No, for the movie. so I've—I've I've been one of those, you know, rare people that thinks that's funny. I—I I still like that moment, but I think now we're at a point where I can laugh at all this stuff, and I—I I think the headless Superman was great. I think all the stuff in his room was a lot of fun, um, and I—I well, then- I, I enjoyed him. I—I really—I didn't expect to get as much of him and his mom being part of the story, and I think that does maybe take away from some of the backstory we could have gotten from some of the other characters, but I think they were important because the whole point of black Adam is, is it Kandak or Kandok? Kandak Kandok. I think that's just really important to his character. So I think it makes sense to have that relatability to the, the people of Kandak. Well, yeah. And w- real quick, I
0: wanted to go back to, to Amon. Um I think he is this film's Freddie Freeman. He's yeah, can, very yeah. much that he's he's our window into this movie because he's the DC, he's the yeah. DC fan. He's the super in fan. this movie. He's,
1: he, yeah, yeah, he's the he's the fanboy that is geeking out of all these superheroes. And I love the fact that th- they touch on the fact that yeah, he's such a fanboy of these superheroes. But they even bring it to the attention of well, yeah, you got all these superheroes. What you guys never cared about our situation until Black Adam comes here. We finally have someone that's actually taking it upon himself to protect us. And now you guys show up? You don't pretend like you cared about us in before this happened. So like I like that that whole I love that scene
0: where Black where Amon basically tells Black Adam, you know, you're better than all of them because you know, Superman, Batman, Aquaman, they're never here. They never Mm -hmm. come help us, but you're here.
1: And that's the whole point of Black Adam. That's the whole point of his character. So that's where I think the Rock's love for this character really shined through because that's the, the core of his character is protecting his country. Is it a country conduct? Is it a country or a continent? Yeah, it's I, I a assume it's a con- country or a region of some sort. Um, it's a, it's a country. Okay. So that's, that's so important to his character that I really appreciated all that stuff, and and I think it's a good way of the citizens really looking at Hawkman in that scene and saying like, "What now? You're going to come and pretend like you care about us? Like we know you don't care about us. You just care about Black Adam right now." Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's I, it's a humbling I actually, motive for Hawkman, and I think he he does reflect on what they're saying.
0: I really do like the dynamic though in this movie of depending on the perspective you know if, if you're an outsider if you're not from Kondock then black adam is the villain of this story mm-hmm. but if you're in Kondock he's the hero and the jsa are the villains and there's this, no one from
1: yeah and there's no one from Kondock that is like no black adam is bad like no that's how bad they have it they are all on the same page here i mean i don't know if 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 the trend continues
0: of Black Adam not using doors and destroying everything he, everything, everywhere he goes in Condot.
1: They might not like him so
0: much after a little while.
1: That was my laugh out moment. That was, I think that might have been the loudest I laughed in the theater was when they asked him, and I'm not a humor guy, but if it's good, I, I will laugh. When they asked him, You don't have doors where you come from, and he says, Yes, we do. That's how we to one room to the next, or something. I yeah. I laughed out loud. I thought that was great humor because, and the sarcasm thing was was fun to me. I I think a lot of the humor in the beginning of the film. And I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place here, but I no, that's fine. I think a lot of the humor in the beginning didn't work for me because I felt like it was a little too much. It felt jarring, but. At the end of the film, when the humor was a little bit few and far between, a little less frequent, that's when it really worked for me.
0: Yeah, um, because it's it's kind of – as the movie gets more serious, you kind of – it gains that gravity, I think. Yes, yeah. Which is something that some movies – and I'm I'm not trying to make this a, a versus thing, but it's some movies that – don't do that. They undercut the serious moments with a joke. And I think it just kind of takes away from the gravity of the film. I think this movie doesn't do that when it's time to get serious. It gets serious.
1: Yeah. It lets you have a lot of fun in the beginning. If you're looking for that sort of humor, if you're looking mm-hmm. for that more lighthearted aspect of it, but once, yeah, once things get serious, it stays serious and you still have a few moments of levity, which I can appreciate, but yeah, th- when it gets serious, it stays that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to bring up, I think we talked about Dr. Fate kind of in the spoiler-free section. Um, and we talked about him dying at the beginning of the spoiler section. But man, Hawkman is very intriguing in this movie to me. Because you see him go through a journey of kind of finding out that he's not always right. like Because he's very bullish yeah. throughout most he- of this movie thinking he's on the side of right and he thinks he's doing everything the right way. And he gets, he gets kind of a, I don't know, a reality check
1: through this You're movie. Not, I don't know how much you've followed Hawkman in the comics or even just in the, in the justice league animated series, but that's pretty accurate. to Hawkman too. He's, he's definitely got mm-hmm. an ego. He's definitely, you know, like you said, a little bullish and he, he, But yeah, the journey he goes, I I don't know about you. Did you expect him to be like the head of the JSA like to start? Like he makes the team up and there was a lot of really interesting aspects to the JSA in this. Um, We knew Amanda Waller was going to be kind of calling the shots there.
0: Which is so intriguing to me. That's kind of one of my, that's one of my nitpicks of, of, of the backstory and getting, and getting caught up to speed on all this. I think it's just a
1: little too quick here. It is. It's kind of like, just, just kind of, we're, we're off the ground and running. Just follow us here. Like, just, just stick with us. You'll be fine. DC has done this before. They have
0: a little bit of a track record of this when they're kind of doing the team building. It's, they do it really quick. Here they are. And here they go.
1: It kind of feels like like suicide squad a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. The first movie, the, the David Mm -hmm. Suicide Squad, like where, um, it's kind of like, yeah, let's just run down these characters real quick. They do a little quick. Uh, I, I will say there's a lot of ex, uh, exposition in the beginning of this movie.
0: Yeah, but it's so, again, it's one of those things where they throw it at you so quickly. Yes. That like um, at the end of the movie, like when we were on our way home, I had uh, I had my wife and the girls in the back and all three of them were like, who were those random superheroes? We have no idea who they were. <laughs>
1: and I, I don't really and know that, who they are either. I I love the uh, Oh, we got to we got to mention the original Adam Smasher here. Henry uh Winkler being the original that's Adam Smasher. a nice. That was cool. That's a nice that touch. Cool. Yeah. Um but it's to me it's enough because it's not their movie. I think mm-hmm. you're just introducing fun characters from the DC world and it's just to to expand that team a little bit and give you enough of them, and I'm okay with it. Is it a nitpick to say I wanted more exploration, maybe, or or more like why those two? Like uh, if you're if you're th- in charge of the JSA and you're you're recruiting a team to take on Black Adam, why are you bringing on these two?
0: Well, here's the thing: when I say that, though, I'm not even just talking about just Adam Smasher and Cyclone. I'm talking about Hawkman and Dr. Fate, too, because yeah, we get
1: nothing. You get about nothing. That. No, there's not even and, a mention of Hawkman not being from the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no mention of him being from uh, Thanagar or like, I don't even think Thanagar gets a mention. It doesn't. No, um, so that's, that's the thing. You, the you,
0: you have no idea who these people are. Is is the, I, is the uh, problem? I think.
1: Yes, I am curious if they felt like maybe going into that might be too much, where because it probably works for the general audience whether you're going to do that or not. Because if you bring in all this stuff that like we know, are they going to be like, well, what the heck is Tanagar? So it's almost mm-hmm. better to not do it because then they could just kind of guess and just go with it. I, I I don't know what the answer is to be honest with you. I again. We know this stuff so we can kind of go with it, but is it better like how are you going to explain Thanagar in 5 minutes without it being confusing? No, I don't I don't think you can. But that's I mean that's the issue when you're trying to put these characters
0: in a movie like this
1: is, you and know, he they, looks like a human in this. Like th- even the wings, if you don't know better, you just think the wings are a suit. Yeah, they're part of the suit. Yeah. I mean, and that's the way it appears. Yeah, like, so, I, I don't know even what the in-world explanation to the wings are. To me, it's Hawkman's wings. But I don't know. Maybe he... That, I think that's the thing.
0: I think a lot of this, with with this movie specifically, is very much catered towards DC fans. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, if
1: you don't know, you just don't know. But if you're a DC fan, you're going to love this. But I, you know? again, I, I still go back to being curious of... If you don't know, do you just kind of go with it because you just assume what you're getting is what you're getting at face value? Like to And I only have the experience the, like, that I have To right the now. people that don't know anything, you know? he's just a human that has this awesome suit. And is that enough?
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean I just have the experience I have right now with the people that I watched it with have, you know, not going with it and being like, no, who are those
1: people? Yeah. But you know, they still enjoyed so the film. It they was did, just they yeah. had questions. They had questions. Right. I, mean, I think that's the hard balancing act, is you want people to enjoy the film. Questions are okay as long as they're still enjoying the film. Right. If the questions yeah. are so bad that you are totally taken out of it, I guess if the film wasn't good, you wouldn't even have those questions because you wouldn't care. Yeah.
0: But let's let's not beat that up the whole time. Uh, I do want to say so far as Amanda Waller, I love that Amanda Waller is kind of the through line through the DCEU now mm-hmm. Like she touches every piece of the DCEU, it seems like.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and we even we even got a cameo of um, oh God, what's her name uh, from Harcourt. Yeah, Harcourt. We got Harcourt yeah. back in this one at a Task Force X black site, which I thought was a really fun little cameo.
1: Um Is Harcourt in the Suicide Squad or just Peacemaker? Oh, I
0: think I think just Peacemaker. I don't think she's in the room in the um in the Suicide Squad like the the control yeah. center.
1: So that's already the first reverse um it's all connected in the DCEU where we're actually going from an HBO Max show to the films, which is cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I also like because I, I saw some complaints about this not being very tied to Shazam, and I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: Really? Because it yeah, was more tied just... than I. Expected. I mean, th- the word Shazam is a pretty big plot point, number one, and we got. Uh, what I don't remember his first name, but Hanzu, um, the the actor that plays Jimon, the wizard, Jimon Hanzu. Yes, he. Did we know he was going to be in it? Was he in any of the? I mean, we assumed I would. I think I. Assumed I don't think he was. He was be in it. I
0: don't think he was in any of the marketing. But I really right. loved seeing him pop
1: up. Yeah, because I really wanted that to be the through line. Um, they talk all about the wizards. We got more about the wizards in this film. This actually builds. More history into the Shazam film, in my opinion, it does because I mean you get more of
0: the Rock of Eternity, you get the actual the wizards that we never saw in Shazam, uh-huh. you know because we just saw the main one, yeah, and you see you see kind of how, um, and it kind of ties into that little that history section yes. of Shazam where you see the the kind of the hologram Black Adam, yep, because it, it to me it perfectly connects from one film to the next yeah because you see what happened and you see that you know of course, um Black Adam was deemed unworthy, yes and i love I love that little once you learn the history and what happened, how everybody thought that Black Adam's you know resting place was his tomb, but you come it comes to find it comes out at the end that it's actually it was his prison, yeah, that the wizards imprisoned him there. And that it was kind of a mistake to release him because his rage just is, is too much for the world. Mm -hmm.
1: That was another thing Um, while we're on that, if you don't mind, I've seen criticism that the twist of this movie wasn't really a twist. And it was, it was spoiled in the marketing because in the marketing we saw that he says, my son sacrificed himself for me in the trailers i personally even watching the film i never felt like it was supposed to be a aha moment as a twist i think it's pretty straightforward while you're watching the movie that the rock is playing the other guy and i never took it as like this crazy twist i think it was just a way to show the misunderstanding of how everyone got this wrong i I don't think they were hiding that from the beginning of the film did you Well, see, I never, I, there was a twist for me because
0: I never expected his son to be the original champion.
1: No, no, no. That part, uh, that's not, I don't think what the criticism was. I think it was more Mm -hmm. like you knew that the son was killed. Like you knew that the son died. I'm trying to remember now in the beginning of the film, did they make it like the son wasn't killed? I can't
0: remember exactly. Of course, you and I have only seen this one time, so we're going a lot off of just
1: yeah. I, I've that just seen that as memory. a criticism. I've seen that as a criticism, but I just it, for me it worked because I don't think it was supposed to be this crazy aha moment that the son was killed. I think it was pretty self-explanatory from the beginning that the son was killed. I think the the twist, like you said, was that he was the original Black Adam and he used those powers to save his father, and then he was killed. Well, yeah, and I love the. I think the twist was the, the how not the what I think the how
0: was very effective too. Yes. Like he, he transferred his powers to save his father. And then as he soon died. as he was vulnerable, yes. he was killed.
1: And, and it was that's was like, oh, wow. I have to give credit again for another DC film that has heart. DC does not ever have a film that lacks heart. And I, I think this one doesn't have as much heart as maybe Shazam or, or some of the other films that I I truly love, but there's still that there's still that special moment of a character like him. I mean, seeing the death of his son like that's that's a really powerful moment, and I appreciate that DC is always trying to work those moments into their films.
0: Yeah, but now on the flip side of that, where it doesn't work so well, is with this villain Sabak. Because
1: I I don't know what you're talking about. I think he is a top five villain in the Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh,
0: because I think, as strong as Black Adam's story is, like they spent so much time on building that, that the flip side of that, the other half of that equation, Sabak, is just so underdeveloped. To and me, it's just a MacGuffin.
1: Like, it, it, is, it is the MacGuffin of the film.
0: Yeah, you have this eternium, and you have the crown. And did you know the, you that eternium this...
1: is actually from the comics?
0: I I had read something
1: about it. Yeah, so I but I looked it up because I was like, "What is eternium? Like, why wouldn't like?" I was like, I kept thinking nth metal, like that was a huge thing for me to put nth metal in, but I'm like eternium, like that's a weird thing to have, and but it is from the comics. I, I I haven't read a lot of Black Adam history in the comics, but I respect the fact that they found a way to work something in from the comics, whether it is a dumb MacGuffin or not. It's still from the comics. I, I am more forgiving when they do stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know,
0: Sabak was really just a tool to get Black Adam back to Kondok after mm-hmm. the JSA has, has, you know, imprisoned him. Yeah. Because, we, I mean, at this point, we know the JSA, you know, they've, and I like that they never actually beat him. It was Black Adam's choice to give up yes. his powers because he had seen he had seen kind of the error ho- of his ways and how yes. wrongly he was doing things. So he decides to say the word. He decides to say Shazam and go back to his go back to being, you know, a lesser man. And I love that he told um Hawkman make it where I can never say the word again
1: get and i i I appreciate that like you you need to find a way to get it is black adam's movie if you don't Mm -hmm. have a villain for them to team up against you kind of just root for the jsa or black adam throughout this movie and you really don't want that you don't want the jsa to be the villains of the movie but you also can't have black adam be the full-fledged hero or the villain so i appreciate at least that yeah, the villain might have been underserved, but I like that they found a way to have Black Adam be the hero in this movie, but also still not a traditional hero in the sense that, you know, at the end of the movie, he's like, "I won't kill. I won't do this. I'm going to be the hero that the world needs." No, he's still him he's still himself. It's mm-hmm. just him more learning about controlling his powers, so he's not a threat to people that don't deserve it. And I I liked that aspect of finding a way for the, the villain to do that, where, yeah, the villain is underserved, but he also, I don't want that type of villain to take away from the other characters either. So I'm not even going to say it's a negative as far as the villain goes, but for the film itself, I don't think it's a negative. No, um I just... I don't think he was
0: very. He's not memorable.
1: No, Sabak no, is is
0: not. not memorable whatsoever. No, uh, but I do like that it leads to like this the the whole like point of this is so Sabak can claim the throne and rule Kondok. And at the end, when they when um you know um uh, Doctor Fate sacrifices himself so that he can actually free Black Adam. Black Adam can come back. So he in in essence he saves Black Adam and Hawkman by sacrificing himself. Which is really cool. I like that. But when they destroy Sabak, like Black Adam has the opportunity to take the throne for himself, and instead he destroys the throne. He doesn't want to rule Kondok, he
1: wants to just be its protector. And I like yes. that. Yeah, again, it's a hero moment for him without being over the top.
0: Yeah. Um, Because he still, I mean, he wants to protect his people. So to his people, he is a protector and he is a hero. But to everybody else, he is still not a hero. Which is very in step with the comics.
1: Yes, and I love that Hawkman basically says like, you stay here, we're good. Or is that is that him or is that even Waller? I'm trying to remember. I think they both kind of say it to an extent, basically saying, as long what as I you was- stay here, we're good.
0: And Waller definitely confirms it in the post credit scene. Like she yes. says, you. But I feel
1: like they have that conversation even at the end of the film. Hawkman says it to him like, stay here, you're good, but you leave. We're going to throw it out again, basically.
0: Yeah, like, uh, th- I mean, the JSA leaves Kondok kind of on good terms with Adam. Accepting that, you know, he is the protector of Condock but he's mm-hmm. only that. And yes. then in the in the post credits, of course, or the mid credit scene, Waller definitely tells him, you know, if you don't want to be in my prison, that's fine, but Condoc is your prison now, yes. and do not step outside of Kondak. So, which of course is where we get the the Superman appearance, which you know, as spoiler as spoiled as it was, as we said earlier, worst kept secret in the world. It, it, it always reminds me when i'm in a theater with people with and and my theater was pretty packed always reminds me that not everybody looks into this stuff as deeply as we do cuz yeah. there was a lot of surprised um reactions in my in my theater when superman showed up so i still think it was a very effective post credit scene even though like you and i already knew it
1: <laughs> yeah and i think even the the essence of the the mid credit scene is like a, a quick little way to get him there. I don't even care how little sense it makes. I still just love. We got Henry Cavill back as Superman. I don't care about anything else. I think, I think, Oh, you don't Super think it great, makes sense. It does, but it's a little like, it's quick. It's quick. Like we just got to the resolve and then black Adams already like pumping his chest saying, bring whoever. Um, well, we like don't know how much time has passed between the end true. of the movie and this. We don't know if something happened prior cuz Black Adam seemed content to just stay in Condock. and then the minute he gets threatened don't leave Condock, he's like, well who's going to stop me from leaving Condock then? And I I get it. It's fun. It's a well, fun it, little It tra- for
0: me it tracks with Waller because I fully see Waller being the person She's who She insulted Bex. By... Yeah, She knows what his answer is going to be. So she yeah. asked Superman to go
1: just to make sure yeah. that the point is made. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how much time you want to spend on Henry Cavill, but I, my thing personally, I think the suit looks great. Um I have no issues with. We talked about it prior. I, <laughs> because of all the crap surrounding the mid-credit scene for weeks now, I did just say screw it and I went on and watched the leaked version of it because I wanted to see what the hell everyone was talking about because I couldn't wait. I wanted to confirm it for myself before I went to see the film because I I figured like we were getting basically like descriptions of the scene and I'm like well screw it at this point I might as well just watch a copy version of it instead of reading about what the the version is. It still was just so much more fun watching in the theater obviously. And we had talked about it because the suit is you actually confirmed it. It looks like the man of steel suit and they just recolored it a little bit, a little bit, but Mm. I, I like the color of it. I I think it's fine. It it seems like a a natural progression of the suit. I I have no complaints being the Snyder fan that I am. I don't think this is, you know, sacrilege or any of that crap. I, I still, this is Superman guys. This is what we want. We want more Superman. And we have him now and and we got Cavill and that's the most important thing to me. We have Superman and it's the
0: Superman that I love. So I don't even want
1: to, I don't even want to spend too much time on even the score because people complaining about the John Williams score. It's the John Williams score. If I, if I, my mom doesn't know what I even mean by saying the John Williams score, but if she hears the John Williams score, she goes, Oh, that's Superman. Mm -hmm. If she hears the, the Zimmer score, she's not going to think Superman, and that's kind of how the general audience is with that score. Everyone knows the John Williams Superman score. They hear that, they think Superman, and it's it's not even like in your face. It it no, fits with the scene to me. Like it's I, a little, it's a little hint of it. Yes, and I don't even know. Listen, I love the Zimmer uh, theme. For me personally, I probably prefer the Zimmer theme, but. I don't even know what they would play there that would work. I, I think it's fine the way it is. I don't even want to harp on it because it's so stupid to complain about something like this. I think I'm just so happy we got Cavill back and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let anything ruin that. He looks good with the spit curl. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, like is it fan service? Is it goofy? Whatever. It's Superman. Superman's got the spectacular yeah. in the comics too. Who cares? Just have fun with it. We we're, I'm so tired of just being bitter. Yep, I agree. I enjoyed it.
0: I love this post-credit scene. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um I do want to get to that uh to the to the music thing, because you had talked about wanting to talk about it in the spoiler section. So, oh, so yeah. here's
1: your chance. Tell Damn, me tell me what you what you didn't so like about the the final scene right before the uh, not the final scene uh, right in the beginning of the i don't know if it's the the beginning of the third act or just the beginning of the final battle when they're all talking and hawkman turns to black adam to say like and you're gonna do this and then he goes and he realizes that black adam's gone Mm -hmm. that's when some music kicks in and i didn't know what the heck was going on i felt like it was a really jarring edit and I was kind of lost for a second of what was going on. I felt like the music really took me out of it. Hmm. It was really bizarre. And maybe it's because I didn't know what was going on as far as what black Adam was doing. I don't know something about it just didn't work for me. And I'm curious to see if it works better on my second viewing, but something, something about it felt off because it. the minute he turns, it goes into this weird, like all I remember is like a, and I don't even remember what the song was but it just felt weird. Was it the was it a score or was it a needle drop? It was a needle um, drop,
0: right? Maybe, I'm not sure. Um I think it was I think it maybe was a mixture. Okay. Um,
1: it just felt off to me. Like the editing was really bizarre and that was the See, one scene that really bothered me. The painted black was fine early in the film, but I felt oh, like I it was, loved. I love the way they used painted black. See, I'm going to disagree with you completely here because I love that. That was no. That was fine. It was the um the stupid song that the guy was playing in his van. That they oh baby come twice. back. They used it twice, and the first time was whatever when he was singing the whole time, and it was kind of. I expected him to, like, die while he was singing. I thought that was, like, really what was going to happen. I kept fearing for the worst. Like, I kept thinking, maybe I've been watching too many horror movies, but I was expecting him to be, like, just killed (laughs) brutally while he was uh, singing Baby Come Back in the car, because I thought that was, like, it was a little (laughs) weird. But the second time that that played, I felt like it was a little too much. But, again, that's just me being a weirdo with the music. Uh, All the songs were fine. Baby Come Back is a little whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but again, I I just I always prefer the the score over the songs because I think see those are those are just... such those are such general
0: audience uh, plug-ins, yes. though because that yes. those were the biggest laughs in in oh, my yeah. theater anyway were the baby come I, back moments
1: <laughs> I'm weird with music because I feel like with a lot of these classic rock songs it's too on the nose because they're such overplayed songs and but whatever well see uh, paint that's... it paint it
0: black specifically I thought it really fit. If it fit with the tone, scene. The, if it it fits Black Adam too. So I
1: thought yeah, that was one of those moments that really worked. We gotta to touch on the effects now with that because they did a great job showing the brutality of Black Adam in those slow-mo shots. It, this movie pushed the PG 13, especially in the first scene of him coming out of that tomb or the the prison. Did you expect it to be as graphic as it was? No. And when he was using his super speed to to
0: like reposition all those bombs and rockets. I and really when,
1: thought the bomb was gonna go off in that guy's mouth. I
0: was expecting when that. He, oh god, when he stuck that the grenade. grenade in the guy's mouth, I thought it was yep. gonna be much worse than it turned out
1: to be. Yes. <laughs> I did too. But you see limbs blown off, you see oh, yeah. the guy just shriveled to a skeleton and meltdown. I mean, I loved the brutality of this. Like that that whole opening scene of him just laying waste to everybody. I, that actually reminds me again, I, I keep going on tangents, the scene in the trailer where he shoot, where he punches the planes that everyone was comparing to Iron Man. Is that in the movie? Oh, the jets. I do not remember that being in the film. I don't either. I think you're right. I don't remember that being in there at all. So while we're on that, again, another tangent, I'm, I'm the king of tangents here. I really want an extended cut of this movie and I've heard that they've confirmed that this pretty much would have been an R and they got it down to a PG 13, like a few weeks ago because they were trying really hard to keep as much violence in it as possible. I really want to see um, a longer version of this uh, with some, some more graphics. I don't even need the graphic stuff. I would love it, but I, I really want, apparently they cut out some stuff that had a little bit more personal moments for some of the characters uh, I don't remember okay. if it was one of the producers was talking about it or The Rock, I, but I. Am I mean, all if for if it it's got if
0: it's got more stuff with the JSA, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, and, and listen, extended at all. A, I'll take ten minutes of the kid and his mom for all I care. I just want more of the movie. <laughs> I just yeah, no, I'll take anything. I'd,
0: I'd love an extended cut, um, and if it's R-rated or whatever, that's fine too. Uh, I don't yeah, care. Most I mean, of the I could time, def-
1: extended cuts are are always just unrated because that's just what they just don't submit them, but it would probably be the R rated cut because it'll show us what they originally sent and got that rating back for. But yeah, I, I always want more of these movies. And once they come out with an extended cut, I very rarely ever go back to the the theatrical. Yeah, I can, I can definitely uh, see this
0: uh, and like a longer extended cut being a little more graphic Um, just from what we got in this. I think they really pushed the PG 13, like you said, so I can, I can see that being a thing, but yeah, I, I, I take a longer cut of this for sure. Um,
1: and, I did want to say, uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, I, just I did want to say to, <laughs> to contradict myself. Sorry. So Just to even contradict myself though. I think the two hour cut works really well for a theatrical experience with this type of movie for the general audience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, anything over, I mean, like I, I told you this morning, my wife, we, we found out that, um, Black Panther Wakanda forever is almost three hours. And my wife, I think my wife is starting to get some of that longer superhero movie fatigue. Cause she was like, Jesus, does do all these movies have to be that long?
1: <laughs> so, um, I think it's, we're all getting older now and we all are busier. Cause even me, yeah. like I, listen, I, I want longer movies, but it's harder. <laughs> like this was nice to have just a quick two hour movie that I could just go and watch real quick. And cause like, we talk about the Batman. I, I've only rewatched the Batman maybe once because it's, mm. it's hard to sit through a three hour movie now when I got kids and stuff. So I think it's more, it's the fatigue of the long movie in general, but well, it, I've seen, I also you am know, not going to complain people, about it.
0: You see people who have watched like Zack Snyder's justice league, like 30 and 40 times. I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah.
1: Where I love you... the, the fact that that movie has chapters is why I can rewatch it as much as I do, because I will literally just put on a chapter and then the next day, like I watch it like a TV show. So, right. Yeah, it's it's a different time right now where we are getting, and I'm not going to complain that these movies are long, but I get the fatigue factor of sometimes it's just a breath of fresh air when we get a a two hour superhero movie that we love and it's just action packed. And this was this was a kind of turn your brain off and have fun for two hours movie. And I we don't have that much of that in the DCEU, and that's not a bad thing. Like I, I love every DCEU movie. Um this felt different. And I I like that. Again, we've we've gotten so many DCEU movies so far. I think this again fits into that. This felt like a different movie.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I remember seeing when when the initial reactions, like the social media reactions, came out when they did the premiere of the movie. Mm-hmm. It there was a lot of positive, but I saw a lot of people comparing it to Zack Snyder's DC movies and i do think like after seeing the movie i see those comparisons like i see some just tonally and and the way some of the some of the things are done in the film i see where that comparison is coming from and i'm i'm not saying that I see was it more a negative from a
1: directing standpoint more than a writing or story standpoint Yeah, I'm just saying so far, is it like the especially
0: the visuals? There's a lot of stuff that I can definitely see fits into Zach's you know sensibilities Mm -hmm. as a visual filmmaker. So, yeah, I I mean, I could see where they were coming from with that, but I don't think that was a negative aspect at all. And I don't think they were saying that as a negative aspect, it's just you know that that's where your brain goes when you see certain things on
1: film. Yeah, it depends who you're talking to whenever they come up with stuff like that, whether it's negative or positive. That's true. (laughs) Um, yeah, for me, I I could definitely see those sensibilities. It almost felt like, yeah, taking that tone or taking the, like you said, the, the visual storyteller aspect of his, of his directing, but I also don't feel like it was, um, I feel like this could very well fit outside of the Snyderverse just as much as it could fit inside the Snyderverse because to an extent, and this is not meant as a criticism, to me, this did have kind of that Marvel MCU feel to it as far as the, like, I, I think I spoke to you about how, you know, there's a MacGuffin, there's action, there's comic book greatness, there's there's humor. Other than the brutality of this film, which I think we've gotten even to an extent in some of the MCU movies, this does have that kind of MCU feel to it, but it still has its DCEU feel as well. Like it's, I think it's, I I don't know how to say this in a more eloquent way, but I don't, I don't think what I'm saying, I don't mean it to be negative and to say that just because it has that some bit of that MCU humor doesn't mean it's trying to be the MCU. It just, to me, I got that feeling from it.
0: Yeah, I don't even like the comparison. I mean, honestly, and I know you're not trying to do that, but like, I well, mean, I not like you. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is no, I understand all, what it, you're saying. It's like it's if it's got humor in it, it's got to be an MCU yes. type thing. I mean like
1: more about the like Shazam I- had plenty of humor. Yeah, I actually prefer the humor in Shazam because I think it fit that tone better. Where this one, it was it was such a dark tone that I think in the beginning, that's where the humor really did jar me. I prefer the, the type of humor towards the end of this film. But you're right, mm-hmm. that that's a perfect counterpoint because I would never consider Shazam to be a quote-unquote MCU-type film. I think it's more with this one, it's not just the humor, it's the simple plot where mm-hmm. people are using... And again, you you said before that you didn't want to get into a whole versus argument here, but I feel like the criticisms laid on this film are like praised in Marvel films. Like the criticisms of this being, you know, a thin plot with, you know, forced humor, I'm like, well, that feels like every MCU movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) But like it feels like even the ones I like. Like, I'm not saying it to be negative. Like, it's just why is it okay for one studio to do that stuff and get the benefit of the doubt? But you know the other one doesn't it's it, it's just that stuff bothers me and again I like the MCU I'm not even saying that as a negative I just don't don't praise one studio for it and criticize another one for it because I I can appreciate it from both sides like I don't yep. think those movies that have that are are bad movies because it's a thin plot no sometimes you just want to watch something and have fun it's okay I do think this is a
0: fascinating um it's a fascinating movie so far as the responses, like it's cause the critics have not been nice to this film, but mm-hmm. it's had an overwhelmingly positive reaction from audiences. So in that case, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to Venom. Yeah. Like that Ven- was the Venom was had this same trajectory. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and that film did very well. I think it's a good, good thing that we have several weeks before um, Black Panther comes out. So, um, Black Adam has some room to have a little bit of legs, and for a film like this, in my personal opinion, um, it it looks like it's tracking to be around 140 million opening weekend. We don't have the actuals yet; these are just estimates, but I think that's a really
1: good start globally for a film like this. It's it's such a weird. We're in such a weird time with with trying to figure out box office numbers because it, like, I know the old. And technical, the technical um, measure for success with these films is three times the box office. Mm. But I feel like we never get a film that just makes three times the box office anymore. It's either a disappointment or a huge success. Like you. Yeah. When was the last time we had a movie just do okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? And and this seems like a movie that's going to do just okay. And I think. It has a a $200 million budget, and I hate talking – you know me. I hate talking about this stuff because I I don't like measuring these movies based off of their budget. Because my argument with with basing these movies' success off of budget is that the general audience does not know how much these freaking movies cost. They're just – they're either interested or they're not. So it's hard for me to grasp – Well, the
0: thing – well, when you're talking box office success, you're way outside of the realm of the general audience anyway.
1: No, no, no. I understand that completely. It's just more – I don't like measuring it based off of how many people go to see the movie because the general audience is going to just.
0: And I understand that. But the thing is, that is what decides whether we get more or not.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know it's, but like we were talking prior, like I, I think this is a beautiful movie. I think the CGI looks amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the effects look great in like 99% of the movie. Um, so it has a 200 million dollar budget i don't know that it's going to reach 600 but i still think in today's world i would hope that wb is going to you know just be okay with a 500 million i think 500 million for this is pretty good because well the thing is i mean you have you have the benefit
0: of having the rock who is a who is historically is a leggy movie star like his movies mm-hmm. tend to have legs so that's a good thing. The the downside is you do have Black Panther upcoming. That is going to hit the legs a little bit. But by that point, I mean, we're we're going to be three we weeks, usually make four most weeks in then, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um and it, it it seems to be doing pretty well internationally. The mm-hmm. biggest I don't it's not opening in China,
1: which and that's, always hurts. That's a, that's a that's a that's a killer. But they probably knew it wasn't going to open in China when you have that I, I would assume why is it not opening in China because of the Mideastern Eastern type stuff? or I
0: don't know. I don't know. This seems like it would fit that, you know, because Aquaman did very well internationally yeah. um and especially in China, and it feels like this would be a movie that would perform well there. So I, I'm not sure I'm not China sure what is the rough reason with is. like
1: if you have a uh, is it a Japanese character? because like I know suicide squad didn't open there because of the character of Katana. Like they're really strange with that kind of stuff.
0: They are, and and they're also taking less and less American films every year. So it's okay. it's getting hard to get into China. They're they're becoming more and more picky. But that is a huge yeah. market. It's for, the second for,
1: biggest, isn't it?
0: I th- maybe. Um, Which I don't want to swear hard. by that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah it's a but tough anyway, it, the box office stuff is really tough nowadays because I I think we do have to to weather our expectations a little bit. And I just hope that WB does that. Like, I, again, I don't care what these movies make as long as it makes enough for WB, for WB to be happy enough. <laughs> w- 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 yeah. That was tough, right? <laughs> I, I thought you were trying to say WBD. Oh no. That, yeah, sure. That's what I was going for. Um uh, <laughs> So that's my thing is like, make the bare minimum to get a sequel and I'm happy that's all I care about is just move forward don't panic and I think with today's world and this movie you know it got delayed a couple of times they put some money into the effects and I just yeah if this movie makes enough to get a sequel and I think hopefully with the rock success and and moving forward the promise of maybe having building towards a ro- um a rock versus Superman uh, yeah Black Adam versus Superman. Um, We know they're talking about already Black Adam versus Shazam. Um, I am kind of disappointed. I think we talked about this a little bit. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get a Shazam cameo in this instead of a uh, Superman cameo. That's my... my, It's a weird thing to say, being a comic book nerd, that I think Shazam would have worked better in the mid-credits scene if I was not so excited for Henry Cavill coming back. Does that make sense? Well, my thing with that is...
0: I don't think Shazam is at the level yet where Waller, where he. I don't even think Shazam's on Waller's radar.
1: So it makes sense that she would have asked. I think it would have been a Shazam thing. Like the wizard saying, Hey, this guy just broke out of his, his um, prison.
0: Well, I think there's enough connection with Shazam in the movie that we'll, we'll see it in the future.
1: Oh yeah. I think that's more of a rock thing than it is a black adam thing that Superman's at the end of this. So again, I
0: don't know if you saw this or not, but the rock also confirmed that Doctor Fate will return in the future yes, of, in the DC. So maybe not Kent
1: Nelson, but we're going to get more Doctor Fate. So that's exciting. Yeah. Or maybe a uh I could hope uh maybe we're getting a JSA TV show. That'd be awesome. <laughs> JSA, oh, an HBO, HBO Max, Max series, series would be How awesome great. would a JSA HBO Max series? Uh don't hold your breath, people, but I would love that. I would sign up for that tomorrow. But hey, whatever we can fantastic. get we get, man, we're getting we're getting some good stuff here.
0: Yeah. Well, Joe, I think that's a that's a good place to kind of wrap it up for the day. Um, but I do wanna I'm gonna put you on the spot here because it's what we do when we do these new DCEU movies. Oh, I always so, forget about this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I want your final thoughts on Black Adam and I want a batarang rating.
1: So I I had a lot of fun with this movie um there are definitely you know nitpicks going into it with some of the humor that maybe didn't land for me I, I think the like you said the villain we didn't even really touch on the villain other than us being underwhelmed by the villain um but I think it delivered on Black Adam it delivered on the Jsa at least the main two Jsa members for me again I talked about it prior like we got we got nth metal mentioned in a DC movie I could not have been more excited to hear that uh in a DC movie. Um I wanted a Hawk Girl cameo. I will say I wanted some mention of Hawk Girl or I have I, we didn't even talk about uh I actually kind of thought maybe they're gonna kill Hawkman and have him come back. Like mm. show his immortality or his um his resurrections, what's that called? Uh whatever he does. I Oh, I, when he reincarnates? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have minded something like that. Uh, but we got a lot of great stuff with them. And and Black Adam was, to me, Black Adam was perfect in this film. I I loved the interpretation of him. I think the comic book action in this film was so much fun. The battles, the fights between the JSA and Black Adam, the individual fight between Hawkman and Black Adam towards the end, there was just a lot of great stuff in this. I, I had so much fun with it. Even if my rating might be a little low, I don't even think this is low. It's hard for me because I, I always say my ratings are so arbitrary because I'm always at like I'm always at around a four out of five <laughs> or a three out of five three and a half out of five when I do mm-hmm. the five ratings on Letterboxd. So for me, I think this is a seven. I don't okay. think that's bad though. I think it's a it's an entertaining seven. Like um maybe I'll be able to get more into it if we do that episode we've been talking about later. Um, about how I do my ratings with these movies. Oh, teasers. But yeah, if we do end up doing that, if it happens. But I I think it's a really entertaining seven. I don't think that's a bad rating for this film. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think it delivers on what it was supposed to deliver on. So mm-hmm. I, I think people should go see it. I want to go see it again. I wish I was able to go back today if I could have, but I don't think I'm going to be able to go do that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it in theaters. I'm curious when we're going to get this on HBO Max. I don't think it'll be that 45 days. I think it'll be a little longer than that, but I think I did see the Blu-ray comes out in February, which is pretty far away. Oh yeah. They're giving that I a small. Nice, I saw long today that it was distance. yeah, I think I think that was the first date I saw today was February. So Well, it'll be on um, HBO Max before that. Yes, I would assume it'll be on HBO Max by Christmas. I think that's a good mm-hmm. you know, 60 days. I think that's pretty yeah. good. So so yeah, we'll see. But I, nice. I, I definitely endorse the movie. I, I think people need to go see it. And um it's a good addition to the DCEU, which we're up to a good amount of movies now, quietly in a in a you know in a I universe. This is the eleventh. In a universe that has been dead and saved every time a movie comes out, <laughs> we're still <laughs> chugging along here. Right, yeah. every movie that comes out is the movie that's gonna save the DCU, but I don't know, it's still going.
0: Yeah, um, so yeah, I think this is a really, really fun movie. I think this is a um what I consider one of those huge popcorn movies. I mean, there's there's not I wouldn't say there's a ton of depth here. Um the story's not the strongest. There are there are issues for me with, with the backstory and development of some of the characters, like I definitely would have liked to have known more about some of them, especially the ones that I have no knowledge of whatsoever. And the, the villain's pretty weak and unmemorable, but on the flip side of that, I mean, it's two hours of nonstop fun and comic book action and the rock not only looks great, but he p- personifies black Adam so well. And I just, he steals the movie for me. Um, he just he becomes Black Adam in this movie, and to get me past seeing just the rock and to see the character Black Adam, that's a huge win for me. So yeah, for with with Black Adam and Doctor Fate and Hawkman, I got a lot that I wanted in this movie, and I wasn't looking for an Oscar worthy film here. I was just looking for a fun film, and that's what I got. So for me, you said you gave it a seven Batarangs. Joe?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Well, Utah make Utah give me two because I also give it seven out of ten batarangs, which is I think right where I expected this movie to be. So it met my expectations. I, it might have even exceeded them just a little bit. So that's where I'm at with Black Adam. I definitely think it's worthy going to see it's a worthy entry into the DCEU and I can't wait to see where we go moving forward, whether it's Black Adam facing off against Superman or Black Adam meeting Shazam. I would honestly prefer a meeting with Shazam first. So we'll see yeah, where that goes. That. Um, But also, I mean, this movie bringing back my favorite Superman of all time and, and injecting him back into the DCEU, that gets a lot of goodwill f- from me. So. Very, very happy about that. But there you go, two seven out of tens. So definitely worth a checkout. You know, which some people Joe, are going to hear seven and say, "Oh God, you hated it."
1: Yeah, which is a little weird, but <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I think seven is pretty solid. I, I, I'm okay with seven. Yep, I am too.
0: But that feels like a good place to uh, put a pin in it for today. We are not going to do um batman the animated series reviews because first of all um it's just kind of you know to spur the moment review of this film but also i realized i forgot to tell you guys what we
1: were going to review next and you did not call me out on that (laughs) jeff no usually if you forget something i'm not going to remember it so (laughs) especially with the batman the animated series stuff
0: yeah so um i did do the randomizer Our next episode is going to we're going to do two again um, unless we may change this plan. So keep your eyes on the on our social media feeds. Um, My plan is to do two next time unless we decide to do a catch up where we do an episode where we're just watching um, Batman the Animated Series episodes in which we will do several. But the randomizer has chosen almost got 'em and perchance to dream. So those will be the two episodes that we will watch next time unless we decide to change plans. So like I said, keep an eye on those social media feeds and we'll let you know what's going to happen next. But until we get there, Joe, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you out there on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as j4n11 and on Facebook as Joe Fornerato F-O-R-N-A-R-O-T-T-O. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys check out Black Adam. And if anyone wants to discuss it on there, um, feel free to hit me up on there. Awesome.
0: And as far as myself, you can find my personal accounts on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxed at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. The show's pages can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TFRBatPod. Once again, if you have any thoughts or opinions, you can shoot it to us via email. That's TFRBatPod at gmail.com you send us an email, we will read those on the show. Also, if you're looking for a way to support us, the easiest and free way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a star rating on Spotify. If you leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts, we will read those on the show. Another way to support us, and we don't ask that you spend a dime, but if you'd like to rock some of our merch, we'd absolutely appreciate that. You can go to redbubble.com and search Shop TFR. That's all one word. And before I wrap this up here, I did want to let you guys know that we have not forgotten the TFR holiday giveaway, and we will be announcing the rules and how you get entered for those prizes on the next episode of the show. So keep an eye out for that. Um, We're going to post those rules on the social media feeds as well. So keep an eye out on the social media and listen to the show. So you can find out how you can win some Batman returns prizes, but until our next episode that is where we're going to put a pin in it for the day so i hope you guys go out and enjoy black adam and until then make sure you remember the hierarchy in the dc universe has changed Created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery or its properties. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies or organizations that they are associated with. Thank you for listening. It's been a while since anyone's
1: made the world this nervous. Okay.